You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Nipe here with, always... Typical Lydia. Today, we're going to be talking about the film Sick Nurses, 2007, from Thailand. It's our first Thai film. Pretty excited about that. I don't know why you're not talking. (laughs) I'm watching you talk. (laughs) Oh my god. Sick Lydia's. Cute nurses. That's my favorite part of the whole film. Really, they are so adorable and cute. The first time I watched it, I basically started right over again to watch cute nurses all over again (laughs) before we get started um you guys have been enjoying a brand new outro for the show the last couple of episodes this will be the third episode that has it and that was delivered to us by our good friends uh, patron state of plagues yeah it's our latest single we like to eat children it's a great song i really like it it might be my favorite song that they've done so far and that's not just because it's the last one i heard It's actually, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Because when I was looking for outros, I went through them all to to, to find something that had a sound that I was looking for to just end the show. And when I hit that one, I was like, oh, man, we found it instantaneously. I knew that this is what I wanted to end the show with. They do our intro, then they do our outro. Nice way to bookend it. Totally. I like that We Like to Eat Children came out at around the same time as... Uh, clown Eli Roth's clown mm-hmm. and you've been all about that movie lately yeah I know I've really enjoyed it and um the uncanny coincidence is that they tend to release song singles anyway around the same time that there's something in the news that piques my interest or like this in this case a film and the last time that it happened was when they did cannibals on the run and Luca Magnata was on the large or on the lamb at large he was at large while he was on the lamb. And in charge. I don't know if he was really in charge of anything. <laughs> Eating some ham? No. I'm trying to rhyme here. <laughs> uh. So yeah, Patron Saint of Plagues. They're on tour coming up soon, I think next week. So it'll be a week after. Oh, really? Yeah. So they might be mid-tour by the time this airs, or they might be done. Oh, we're not exactly sure. But if you like the outro, uh, give them some love. Give them some love. We like to eat children. I don't, but they do. Yeah, find them on Facebook or patronsaintofplagues.com. Pretty sweet. By the way, speaking of websites, you know, you could find us at iTunes. You could find us at Stitcher. If you have any questions for us that you'd like us to field, is that it? We field qu- No, wait. No, we don't really field them. No, we don't field questions. We answer questions. Um, any questions about... Uh, the horror genre at all. We'll try our best to answer them. We had one that came to us through Twitter. It's a little dated now. Yeah, it was over the holidays. It was over the holidays and we weren't releasing an episode. Somebody asked us if there are any Easter horror films, Easter themed horror films. First of all, if anyone ever wants to know if there's a holiday themed horror film, yeah, just yeah. (laughs) You got Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, April Fool's Day, birthdays, New Year's, and Easter. You have movies that are specifically about these holidays, or you have movies that just so happen to take place 
during these holidays. The only Easter film that I could think of, off the, honestly, off the top of my head, I was like, oh yeah, Critters 2. Critters 2 takes place at Easter. Because I always remembered that the dude in the Easter Bunny at the start gets the, the critters in his costume. And he just like blows out a church. It's fucked up when you think about it. And I watched that movie when I was way too way too young to be watching that fucking movie i've seen it and i didn't remember that at all so that's a really really random pick i think <laughs> i do and critters to the main course yeah it, it had the giant ball of critters yeah yeah oh i remember i just didn't remember any easter stuff. yeah and i was just like well i guess they come from eggs whatever it's like cadbury critters i think that's what it was where they had some critter eggs painted up like Easter eggs. I don't really. It's it's honestly been years since I've seen that movie, so I yeah. don't, can't really vouch for it. Some weird Sunday afternoon, I'll probably check it out just for fun. Yeah, that and like Tremors or something. There you go. Yeah, it's always great to see Emilio Estevez running away from giant worms. Oh, I love sandworms. It's like my namesake. Your namesake is yeah. sandworms. <laughs> totally, totally. Lydia. Lydia. <laughs> Lydia Ann Sandworm Beaver. That's my name. <laughs> I uh, was a big Dune, <laughs> big Dune fan growing up. I'm probably a Bene Gesserit witch. And <laughs> the whole Lydia Beetlejuice Sandworm Neither World thing. You know. Oh, I thought you were extending your name. You, you, you were just like, hello, everybody. I'm Lydia Sandworm Neither World, neither world Beetlejuice. Just keep adding names. No, it's, it's my namesake as in my heritage. Oh, yeah. like your ancestral homelands are sandworms. Sandworm infested. Like sandworm infested yeah. lands. And no one likes sandworms. I always kind of dug the idea of a big sandworm, I guess. <laughs> we should watch Tremors. We should. There's a lot of them. Yeah. There was a television series. Now, as far as Easter, I had said on Twitter that as badly as I want to say Easter Bunny Kill Kill, mm-hmm. um, or I actually afterward thought of Night of the Lepus. Have you ever seen that? No. I oh, it's not. terrible. Don't. Glowing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. endorsement. Anything else you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Well, as much as I like Teenagers from Outer Space, where giant lobsters attack everybody, this is like with rabbits, though. So it's giant rabbits attacking everybody. It's uh, not my favorite. But it is Easter-ish because they're bunnies. You know, if you want to go that way, if you want to go cheesy monster film, um, filmed in the, the heyday of westerns on a western set, if you can imagine that, um, that's a good Easter pick. But I had wanted to watch Resurrection and that reminded okay. me that I wanted to watch Resurrection because I'm a big fan of, of Seven and mm-hmm. say Silence of the Lambs. It's got the same sort of feel as Seven. And it's a serial killer, like killing people around Easter for Easter reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. So I definitely wanted to watch that. And me and my mom got actually really excited to watch it, but couldn't find it anywhere. And just hadn't had time to plan. If I'd, if I'd prepared properly, I'd been able to watch it. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm on the hunt. I'm on the hunt for that. I love that. Easter egg movie hunt, if you will. There you go. So anyway, there you go. Um, If you have any more questions, anybody, feel free to hit us up at Twitter, Facebook, anywhere else that you can get into contact with us. And we'll try our best to answer them. Like I said, some of them will be very aptly timed. Some of them will not be aptly timed, like today. (laughs) Yeah, so for next year. (laughs) So for next year. Enjoy these wonderful Easter films. Yeah. 
I would like to say a quick thank you and hello to Bind Torture Cast. Um, I had featured them on a blog post on typicallydia.com or nightface.ca. Both addresses take you to the same place. About some of my top favorite horror podcasts, including This Is Horror out of the UK and Faculty of Horror out of Toronto and Bind Torture Cast out of Pennsylvania and... Pennsylvania. Everyone I know from there is weird. There's something <laughs> in the water. A lot of horror people I know. They're there. the alt Transylvania. I, t- I definitely get it. I definitely agree. <laughs> they really are. Um, and I'm trying to remember. I'm rocking my brain for who the other podcast was. Good thing you wrote a whole podcast or a blog post about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I do remember who it is, but I'm just going to leave it out. And I'm going to say, if you want to know who the fourth podcast is that I love so dearly and listen to every single week and wait with bated breath like I do for all of these transmissions, you'll have to go and read it for yourself. Oh, it's like a teaser. Oh, definitely. This is how I tease. It's a little bit weird and a little bit creepy. But if you like what we do, the horror podcast thing, and you wonder, look, you guys are great. Bi-weekly, come on. What am I going to do in between the week? Well, I'll tell you what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to go and listen to Bind Torture Cast. And not only do they have way more episodes than we do, but they also do it on the weekly? Yeah. So there you go. Three guys. You want to know the most impressive thing is how they somehow keep it coherent. I fucking can't even keep shit straight when it's the two of us. And anytime that we talk about getting a third person my I get head heebie-jeebies my head yeah. spins i reel yeah oh it's tough it's tough three-way four-way podcasting that's uh no, that's scary sexy stuff when, man sounds sexy yeah when i say it when you say it yeah I'm like, oh three-way i get to be the middle one <laughs> lydia sandwich ew i um, know right i regret everything i just said <laughs> <laughs> funny you don't look like you regret a thing <laughs> But yeah, um, they do keep it together, which is awesome. And that's why they're so listenable, really. And they do mm-hmm. have different segments to their show, even though it flows extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, they touch on a lot of subjects. Oh, yeah. Um, Almost always extreme, indie, grotesque, dark horror. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's, it's a great show. Um, one of those shows where I'm absolutely flattered that they like our show. Honestly, they're like, they're like, oh yeah, Dead Air Podcast, it's a good show. I'm like, really? <laughs> and it's just really nice. It's extra flattering. Uh, the, the very well thought out things that they've said about the show. Um, and uh, the new listeners that they've pulled our way. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much appreciated. Yeah, I'm definitely and, driving listeners that way as well because it is one of my favorite podcasts But you were ever. over the moon, if I could say that. I know it's a little graphic. You were over the moon when when uh, when they had given us a shout out. Oh yeah. No, but absolutely. Uh, please do us a personal favor and check these guys out. Um. So I guess onto the main course, not critters. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna be on critters all all night now. That's okay. That's okay because it has absolutely nothing to do with the film that we're about to talk about. So that's helpful. It might it might derail your train of thought. Listen, 
I'm never said that I was ever trying to help. Luckily, I just sit here. <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm also sitting. So we're talking about sick nurses today. Uh, the, the the idea behind us doing this was it just kind of landed on sick nurses. I have been in a real Asian horror kick lately. I've been really into wanting to watch ghost stories. Um, this came about when a friend of mine had told me that they hadn't seen uh, The Ring or Ringu or anything like that. I love that movie. Both the the original and the remake. I don't care what anybody says. And I was like, oh, you know, I'd really like to do a movie in the theme of that for the show. But I didn't want to do... I didn't want to do the big ones. I didn't want to do Ringu. I didn't want to do Juwan. I didn't want to do Whispering Corridors. Because it's kind of... That's kind of a slow burn. And onespotofpictures.net, let's try to go a little messier. So when bouncing back ideas with you, I was just thought to myself, oh, hey, sick nurses. That's definitely a ghost story. It's from Asia. And it sort of ups the ante in terms of the kills and uh, how graphic it is. So I thought that'd be a happy medium. Yeah, we'd been discussing Shudder, actually. Oh, but, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, it was another yeah. slow burn that yeah. I vetoed that way just because I didn't want to fall asleep. <laughs> and I love sick nurses. Yeah, um, that's not to say that any... Um, that's not to say that if a horror film is slower, we won't do it. Oh, no, I think that just in this case, where our heads were at, I thought it might be a better show if it was a little bit more lively. If somebody wants to recommend a horror film... For us to do, um, don't like like I said, don't hold back. Whatever you want, and we'll see about it. But uh, yeah, so I went into sick nurses, um, having seen it before, uh, and you'd seen it more than I had, like one more time than I had. Oh gosh, I don't know because I rented it and I watched it about three or four times uh, back then, and then it came on Netflix, and I watched it about three more times. It was a movie then. that. It was a movie that I'd already I've I had always seen at the store, uh, anytime that I was looking for movies, and then one day I just picked it up because that's what I do, and I remember watching it. This was probably about five years ago, and then and I must have not have been paying attention to it that closely because there were some big big plot points that I did not fucking remember even a little bit. Big to the point that at the end, I remarked that it must be like watching it up for the first time all over again. Because once you clue in to these these things that are the thing that he'd missed, the big thing anyway, it changes the whole tone of the film and the whole meaning behind some characters. And elevated it. Mm -hmm. I, I And I liked the movie already. It has, but I liked it for, for different reasons uh, when I saw it for the first time, this time when I actually was fully paying attention, I must have been watching it and doing something else. Oh, probably. If you if you bought it and then, you know, parked it and then watched it once, twice, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. Especially if it was, yeah, a day that you were busy doing stuff. Yeah, it was probably uh, one of those things. It's funny because any horror movie that I buy, it always becomes a potential candidate for the site. Um and I probably bought it with the idea that I would one day review it, but I ended up just watching it and not doing anything with it. It's weird. But anyway, um, 
The basic plot of this movie is we're introduced to a group of young nurses working at a hospital overnight. We're shown a scene where one of them is killed by the others. And you find out in the opening sequence that she is killed because uh, you believe that she's going to rat out the fact that this hospital is selling corpses to, I guess, the black market or I don't know. Wherever. I mean, wherever we've sold cadavers on the black market for all of history, probably to other students, like medical students, artists. God knows if they're selling it to some sort of four-legged mutton eatery, some bistro that specializes in human flesh. Yeah. Selling it to the macabre family. Yeah. Eat them for powers. Oh, totally. As a result, the woman is killed. And then it's a week later. Um, Seven days. I couldn't help but noticing that. And and I don't know enough about Thai... uh, Thai... um, ghost mythology to really say one way or another if the seven days really did have significance i know that one of the women said something to the effect of that a ghost will come back to visit its loved ones after a week of being dead and seven is just a fortuitous number anyway and if it's going to be fortuitous for anybody it's fortuitous for the ghost because they get a chance to cross over yeah so, um, they don't really waste any time. It gets right to it. This movie has a very uh, slim runtime of 83 minutes. So, they don't really have a lot of time to for that slow burn thing that I was worried about with the other films. Um, it gets right to it. Immediately, spooky stuff starts happening. Um we sort of get an idea about each one of the women's personalities, which are vastly different. Each one of them seems to have a weird hang up, like a specific hang up where one, one woman cares a lot about appearing wealthy or having nice things. Another woman wants to be very in shape. Um, They have, a woman with a eating disorder. Um, God, like the twins are just a narcissistic, self-obsessed. Yeah, I mean they have a lot to translate because it's a far more rich story than just a simple sister has a dead sister that's haunting her. Yes, which you could boil it right down to that basic premise, but there is so much going on with not only the backstory of the sisters, but each individual girl, which is almost like a facet of any typical regular girl's personality, even at the smallest degree, or some people very much. But it's like little tiny slices of the problems with a lot of women, or what society's identifying as problems. Yeah. Um, but amplified mm-hmm. and pinpointed in each of these girls. I seem to remember uh, there was a documentary on the DVD that I have that was a behind the scenes thing and the director was saying how he wanted to amplify a, some things that was perceived to be a hang-up that a woman might have so materialistic hang-ups or wanting to be thinner or want to be more in shape or um wanting to get married just stuff like that amplifying 
all these things to like cartoony levels. Yeah, and almost to like a rabid degree. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be fit, but there's something definitely wrong with having some sort of like exercise um, bulimia or like an an exercise related disorder. Yeah. Um, This body dysmorphia. And then there's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to just enjoy food, but there's something definitely wrong with bulimia. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with wanting nice things, but putting those things before even yourself and other people. There's yeah. There's definitely wrong with that. Like, Bridezillas. Holy... I don't even want to talk about Bridezillas. <laughs> well, we won't. Um, That was the thing when I was watching this movie. All of these women, they seem totally normal. They're getting along together. But every time that they're left by themselves, they start acting fucking crazy. I couldn't get over a woman cutting out pictures of jewelry in magazines and, like, pasting them to herself. Then having a big handbag in one hand and, like, her makeup completely done up, but a massive streak of lipstick just across her face. And she's just sort of swaying around by herself. Drunkenly. Drunkenly, almost as if it was, like, a little girl playing dress-up. Like, a yeah, very... Yeah, I was going to say, you've obviously never been a 13-year-old girl, Wes, because yeah, we but totally she, do that all the time. But she's not a 13-year-old girl. She's a grown woman. Sometimes and, you don't lose that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, but it is. She's totally stoned on dress-up. Yeah. It, and uh, uh, to a large degree, each one of the women uh, seem to have almost... It, like It seems childlike. It really does. But, I mean, I guess they're not really that old. They're supposed to be all look like, like 20s. Yeah, I'm going to guess 22. That's a good age for a nurse. Yeah, they seem pretty young. Uh, the plot it can be kind of difficult to follow if you don't understand that a lot of shit is happening simultaneously. There is essentially like a 15-minute interval that everything is happening. Each one of these women is being individually attacked by this ghost that seem, seems to be anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Um, which is fine for, for a spirit with supernatural powers. Although, the one thing I'll say about the ghost in this movie, which is different from a lot of other ghosts or spirits, is she really exhibits a lot of powers. Um, either being able to manipulate parts of her own body, like hair, uh, to uh, completely encompass somebody. She can possess specific body parts of people and control them. She has uh, very powerful telekinetic powers. It's pretty crazy. That's part of her revisiting, I think, is that she is sort of granted by whatever powers it be, by the Shinigamis, if this was Japanese, Mm -hmm. um, that she can do anything she wants. Yeah. This allotted, you know, 15 or is it like, I don't know if it's 15 or 13 minutes because the clock kind of ticks around really strange. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Her witching hour. Yeah. Quarter hour. Seven days, 15 minutes before midnight seems to be what it is. Yeah. Showtime. Showtime. And from that point, she, she then kills these women yeah, like I initially was looked at it as though she was killing the women by using their vices against them. 
but then you pointed out that you had noticed that there was a secondary layer to that where their involvement in her death, as we learned through bits and pieces of flashbacks throughout the movie, mm-hmm. exactly what happened and why. And yeah, their role in her death, because they all were, they were all there. They all played some small part in her death, aside from the final blow, um, which of course boils down to one person. But the way that they interacted with her while they were all killing her is a reflection of their personalities as well, where these defects in their personalities are what really defines them as a person in this film. The way that they interacted with her while they're killing her was just a facet of that as well. Um, The twins often taking photos of one another and passing their attention back and forth like, like it was a ball being tossed in a game of catch. Their narcissism just flowing from one to the other, one to the other, they sort of acted like that with their death, with a needle that they were wielding, and they were passing it back and forth. And um, there's a piercing death where uh, later on, it has a lot to do with that person's emotions and her heart, and her heart being, I don't know if she's heartless or her heart being broken, or, you know, that she had stabbed her through the heart, and she ends up getting stabbed through the heart, maybe in several metaphorical ways that, I can barely understand. Um, the girl who has a fixation with her body, um, her hair is pulled during the death scene, and she has a hair-involved death. Mm-hmm. And the girl who is the glutton, who's my most favorite and most loathsome character, the girl with the eating disorder, she gets bit during the death. Mm-hmm. So it's all this biting, eating teeth thing. And her in particular, that's why I get squicked out. And I don't get squicked out very easily, obviously, because I do watch a lot of fairly gory horror films and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like taking photos of roadkill and stuff. So that's, that sort of stuff doesn't <laughs> bother me. But food around people's mouths, man. I get really, like, they, if they were eating, like, a dead bird or, like, a dead sea lion I don't know it it wouldn't bother me or another human or whatever but when she's brushing her teeth and then she eats a donut I just about fucking barf every time I fucking hate that what is it though what do you mean what is it but I don't under like toothpastey donut mouth who the fuck does that I don't fuck is that I don't know man (laughs) I can't handle it uh reminds me like the mashed potato scene in Pet Cemetery 2 yeah. It's not as bad because it's very comical, and I really enjoy that scene in that character. But it is, I, it's really, it makes me turn away for like a moment anyway. Um, in Twin Peaks, when the man from another place is eating uh, the cream corn, the gar- garmabosia, I can't even, I can't, I can hardly handle that. Have you ever, ever seen any of those like Japanese grindhouse movies that like Sushi ty- ty- uh, Typhoon puts on? Like, um, Tokyo Gore Police yeah. or something like that where Definitely. they have like these long scenes of eating close up like mouths like a dude on the subway eating bugs for a long period of time or like a guy very I think it was in like Hell Driver or something very disgustingly eating noodles and it's just it's something obs- like they're obsessed in it each one of their movies has like a, a tight shot of just a mouth 
and then just like that's where I turn away. I just no, I just no, nope. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's like my thing where I'm always wondering what a room smells like. Every time that I'm seeing excessive amounts of gore. I'm Were you just... worried about the smell of things in this film? Well, I could tell you what I was worried about the smell of. Mm. Um, this movie has a death in it that I always, is my go-to example for what the fuck did I just watch. It is ridiculous. It's fucked up. And, and it's the scene with the the woman with the eating disorder where the spirit has the ability to possess people she typically likes to possess people's arms hasn't figured out the legs yet <laughs> thank god thank goodness Jeez. yeah but um she has this woman holding a handful of razors and she just like i thought that she was eating them and i guess she was but more specifically, she like just mushes them on her face. And then when she pulls her hand away, her entire bottom jaw comes off. Mm-hmm. And she is just sitting there with her tongue flapping in the air. And it's fucked up. But I mean, I have seen that in actually uh, The Grudge has that. Were the bottom jaw getting ripped out, and you're like, oh my god. So I'm kind of like, all right, sick nurses, seen it before. What else you got? Well, I'll tell you what else they got. They will then levitate a human fetus out of a jar of formaldehyde and wrench it down this woman's throat, and she will choke on it. I almost started a slow clap there. I really did. (laughs) It's one of my favorites, too. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I would say that it's fucking weird. Who came up with that one? I don't know. Someone who thought it would be... um, Who saw that scene in The Grudge and was just like, I know how to make this better. Yeah, that or they were just like, you know what my biggest fear is? Having my bottom jaw ripped off and someone shoving a fetus down my throat? Maybe they had a nightmare about it. I don't know. Like a super gross thing that I'm going to choke on? Ugh. It was weird. I remember the first time... Honestly, and I'm thinking the reason why maybe I missed a lot of the big plot points the first time I saw this movie, because the only thing I took away from it the first time I ever watched this movie was that a woman chokes on a baby fetus. Well, maybe it's just like, you know what? You're going to eat so much. You are what you eat. Here's a baby. You are a baby. Babies, it's like, is that the, the babies eat a lot? That's the only well, way. Well, the oral fixation. If you're stuck there, you're stuck at a particular age, apparently, according to... I don't know if that's Freudian. I have no idea. But either way. Haven't people mostly thrown out a lot of Freud stuff? Yes, yes, and no. <laughs> Why do you always pet the microphone? Uh, there, you have it. Sometimes a microphone is just a microphone less. Oh. The jawless death is probably one of the cheesier ones for sure. It's super cheesy. Yeah. And kicked by invisible people is pretty cheesy too when it oh yeah i couldn't i couldn't stand that but in between the cheesy deaths that you kind of wonder where they came from there's these extremely beautiful deaths wonderfully filmed deaths and wonderfully planned deaths and just horrible and the twins in particular that they come back to when you think that things have kind of gone out of control and then they go elsewhere with the story they come back to them what you're greeted to is probably not, I wouldn't say the most blood, because we all know we've got, like, the Evil Dead remake and Piranha 3D with 
the most blood ever or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot of fucking blood in this movie. And from there, it just continues. Yeah. yeah. The twin's death is probably the most gory. That's the one that I had watched with somebody else where they, you know, there's a few times where you're like, well, that escalated quickly with a lot of the deaths and a lot of yeah. the weaponry in this film. And even just some of the, the supernatural powers where you're like, whoa. But that one was, you know, spellbinding. Yeah. And 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 uh, once the movie ramps up, you're offered very few quiet moments, and the the death of the one girl who wanted the least to do with the murder, um, she gets a very quiet death, um, and where the ghost leaves them basically. Yeah, she's almost forgiven in a way. And yeah. her finishing herself off is, is it's part of her personality, and that's part of her personality quirk throughout the whole movie. So it's totally acceptable, even though the the ghost didn't initiate it necessarily. No. Yeah, it was sort of just dominoes that the ghost set up there. We all knew how that was going to pan out. Yeah. Um, and she did have the least to do with the death, and that makes sense. Because those who had more to do with it got even more painful deaths. I think that the gluttonous girl only got the more colorful death because she's a more colorful character. Because she didn't really have as much to do with the death either. But It's true. Plus, I guess if you, even from a creative standpoint, it probably makes more sense. You could have more ideas and more fucked up things if you're saying, okay, this person has an oral fixation. They eat a lot. What messed up thing can we do? If someone's like... Oh well, this person's very materialistic. I would struggle with an idea for that that would be as much spectacle as gluttonous because it's there's a, it's just the glutton thing is more practical because we can think of things to do. Oh well, if you eat a lot, then you just put a little shit in there. Just eat, and then there's your glorious, gory, messed up death. But if you're like super materialistic. You know, you could come up with an idea, certainly, but it would be a lot more difficult. Yeah, they they played that fairly well. And I know it was a little bit outlandish with the whole the person. purse thing. Yeah, very outlandish, but it definitely worked. And the end game of that was no different than the Velvet Ribbon Girl, was which was almost a, a vanity and a ghost story as well, where she has the Velvet Ribbon and won't let her husband take it off and won't tell her husband why it's there. Sort of this, a play on that old ghost story. Um, and that does end up being a little bit hideous. But it's also up against the fixation that women have had in the past decade over designer purses, designer handbags, custom designer handbags, and the thousands of dollars that girls will pay for these hideous fucking pots of junk that they hang off their arm. <laughs> Well, they are. You ever carry a purse? You ever carry a giant TNA purse? What is the point of that? Maybe I have. Well, we do put the buy in bi-weekly podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is my new jam. Speaking of buy, there's quite a plot twist in this movie. I don't know how much we should talk about it. Which plot twist? You started off with, oh, yeah, okay, sorry. (laughs) I get it. The big one, you mean? The big one. Can we talk about that? Or do you think it's like, should we save it? Should we save it for them? What do you think? I don't know. 
I can understand wanting to not reveal the big plot twist. Okay. But I also feel that it's super imperative to the characters and the ghost itself. Because the ghost up to this point has been bulletproof. Like literally bulletproof. This is a ghost like you had pointed out that it has way too many powers. Has yeah. a lot of powers. Um, it can literally do every, anything it wants. And it reminds me a lot, as I'd said while we're watching it, of Freddy Krueger. Where he can really manipulate the environment however he likes. He can get inside your head. He can control your body. He can do all of these things. Mm-hmm. One-liners and comedy aside. Like, delete all yeah. of that. Just his inherent abilities. The she idea of, of total control of the environment. Yeah. She possesses all of that. And she does. She has control over time and everything, too. So she definitely has the same sort of control that he does. Mm-hmm. But So a lot of her powers, yes, are really similar in that way. But then you inject the fact that this is a person who was so in love with his because he was originally a he yes his gay lover who was a reluctant lover mm-hmm. from the outside he was definitely on the down low and he had the main character the ghost character had proposed marriage and the doctor had quite plainly said he can't couldn't marry a man so this infatuated gay man got a sex change which would make sense if they were actually in love and a real bona fide public couple Mm -hmm. with an established monogamous relationship but they weren't no so it does put him into the realm of of crazy i think uh because he took such a drastic measure to force this person into marrying them basically it was entrapment in the most worst selfish slash selfless way it's just mind-bendingly insane so the ghost is insane where up until that point you sort of feel for the ghost and you're you're, you know this is this is a woman scorned this is a, a very typical revenge spirit all up until the point that you realize that the ghost was vengeful to begin with but you i don't think that it's it says that the ghost was crazy i think that the doctor who we've we haven't talked about he seems to be one of the physicians that has the most contact like a night physician at the hospital or something like that. He's definitely involved in the selling of these bodies. He's the ringleader of that. Yeah. It's his operation. And he's got a thing kind of going with every one of the characters. Um, I think some of the women probably are aware of that. Um, but I don't think his lover, his the, the, the guy, um, was aware of that. I don't think that... The reaction that uh, she had when she found out that her sister was with him, with the doctor, seemed legitimate hurt and surprise and genuine rage. So I would, and because of the way that the doctor was, Dr. Uh, Tar? Ta. Ta? T-A-H, Ta. Ta? Ta. Um, he, he was stringing everyone along either either he he just kind of said whatever uh and sort of left a lot of loose threads out uh to kind of string people along or 
But I just I I don't know. Like I understand where you're coming from because of the fact that the scenes that we were provided with did indicate that he was very much on the down low. But I don't even think that like it. But like and bordering reluctant. Yeah, but at the same time, he was doing it, and no one had a gun to his head. Oh no, no one had a gun to his head, and like I think it might be a matter of the of, of he his sexuality would have been like bisexual or pansexual or something where he was he was just like I like to be with people. Yeah, and and he he's a doctor. Um, I'm not sure how what like the social climate is in thailand for this sort of thing but it definitely seemed like yeah i'll be with a guy and i and i and i and i love him and i believe i love him but let's be honest uh, i need a wife and i need children and this is what's expected of me so yeah, for societal expectations but he really yeah. didn't treat his male lover any differently than he treated all the girls no but all the girls were definitely a fling and he and it didn't even seem like 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 I, it didn't even really seem like he liked uh the sister all that much even though that she was pregnant and he was it was almost kind of like yeah I'll marry you I guess like you're pregnant and but did he even say that he would marry them or was it kind of like he asked her if oh, she would marry him yeah. when she had the knife in her sister's heart actually I guess that's something that binds people murder Oh, binds yeah. people together. It, it's messed up because it to me, um, the the he's the real villain of this entire. Oh, he completely is. Story. Although the ghost still does, I I still maintain that the ghost is not not a victim of a player as much as a victim of her own like grandiose delusion. That she yeah, with this person, I I, I can see that somebody going to such extreme lengths. It's it's kind of if you were dating someone and they got a, a big tattoo with your name on it, and you're like, oh <laughs> no, and and it's not like you weren't thinking of breaking up with them, but you also weren't really thinking long term. Um, <laughs> yeah, because tattoos last longer than your actual lifespan. So, like yeah. like <laughs> sex changes. Yeah, so, like that's pretty permanent too. That is pretty permanent, and it, it's interesting because it's not even a case of 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 a, a gender identity where where he you got no indication from his lover that he had always wanted to go through this transformation. Um, oh no, it's completely. It, it, it seems. Uh, no, I need to marry a woman. Poof. I'm a I'll, woman. I'll just be a woman. That's fine. Because they will just do absolutely anything for this person. But at the same time, that is a massive process. It's not like you can just, you can wake up one day and, 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 and like go into the hospital. Oh, no, it's a very long transition. It's process. a very long transition. But so she didn't even to... speak to him about it. She didn't obviously ask him if he wanted her to do that. And she hadn't talk to her family about it i i suppose because that's the one huge glaring omission is that the sister never mentions and doesn't seem to even bat an eyelash that her sister is a female it's her sister although we all know by the end 
he'd been a man for his entire life. Up until I guess, that probably life. would indicate that, that the family was accepting of it. They would know. Well, I suppose. And I'm sure they all work in, in a hospital. It had some strings were pulled to have that operation done, I'm sure. But that it's a, it seems to be a complete surprise to the doctor. And sure, it's all for theatrical reasons, but she basically presents herself as a woman once the operation is completely done and she's just healing under bandages and takes his hand and puts it up her bandages, like skirt-type bandages, so that he can see how far this transition had gone, right? Mm -hmm. And he is shocked and still reluctant. He maintains this total reluctance Mm -hmm. and he's not impressed. And it seems that he was completely shocked. So he wasn't asked about it at all and even after the whole transition when she's a female and she catches her sister with the doctor her first reaction isn't to say anything to the doctor about it but to attack her sister and tell her to never go near her doctor again Mm -hmm. and if that isn't just delusional crazy thinking i don't know what is yeah i mean i agree i i just think that there's so much there's so much on the doctor's shoulders oh, with yeah. blame that I kind of give, yeah, the ghost pass. And also the, the, the that scene, uh, the death scene when it's fully realized, you really, and you realize what has happened. You, you find out that this was probably when he, when, when she went crazy and the doctor, he was saying, uh, Probably thinking this is a massive burden off my shoulders. We'll just kill her. It's a convenient, convenient way to get rid of this problem. This, this, this uh, man who will go to any lengths to be with me, and it's just not happening. I'm gonna have my life with this person and with their sister, who can bear my children, and I can have a traditional life. It's fucking. It's cold, ice cold, like. And he never even really seems to have remorse at all. He just goes through his day like everything is completely fine. Um, Even when he's lugging her body. And this was, you know, a former lover. And it's almost like he's hauling like a carpet or garbage. Yeah, carpet. Yeah, what do you do? just garbage. Yeah, just... very psychopathic. Just not Ugh. attached to any of these humans. Oh, that was the other thing. I, I was, you know, ultimately his womanizing indicates that all of these women were meaningless to him, mm-hmm. and it's, it just doesn't matter. Oh yeah, and it takes a lot of the villain, like the villain. It takes a lot of the villain of is villainification a word? Vilification. Vilification. Thanks. It takes a lot of the vilification off of uh, Nook. Mm-hmm. If I'm pronouncing her name right, the the sister, because you would think that she's stealing her sister's man, she's you know participating in her death, mm-hmm. but the the wool was pulled over her eyes as well, entirely. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if so many of the women were aware of their own, you know, indiscretions with the doctor. Were they aware of the depth of emotion? from the sister that had had the sex change and just how attached she was to the doctor. Were they aware of their relationship in the first place? You got an indication from the the 
climactic scene in the death where one of the women shouts at her, you had your chance. Yeah, and he'll never marry you is what it, the other... So it was probably... The other women have to at least on a basic level understand the situation. They might not care. They might just think, eh, this is just how it is. Sort of like in Wayne's world where that girl kind of stalks him, buys him a gun rack? Uh, sure. I missed the big plot point. Now that I've seen it with that intact, it really gives the story an extra layer of sophistication that I didn't really see before because I was honestly completely distracted by... How cute they all are. Well, they're cute, but the gory deaths, um, the fantastic deaths, the spectacularly absurd deaths... That's really what I took away from this film the first time viewing it. And had I never gone back to it, it always would have been the woman chokes on a baby fetus movie. Well, I'm glad that you decided to revisit it because it is a really sophisticated film and it's wonderfully shot. So I could see that being completely distracting because not only are the nurses nurses super cute. Mm -hmm. And if I haven't mentioned it yet, the nurses are extremely cute. They're very cute, yes. And they they are really spectacular, gory, imaginative, really beautiful deaths, so completely distracting. Yes. And the nurses are extremely cute, which I might have only mentioned 20 times or so. They're very cute, yes. Yeah, they're super cute. And you get kind of wrapped up in their personality quirks and how that's relating to their death. And they're flashing back constantly to the way things used to be. Or the backstory between the doctor and his lover, or the sisters, or the other sisters. And they're like, they're constantly jumping around like that. So I can see it being very, very distracting. And then by the end, of course, all you're thinking is like choking on a fetus. And then there's all this bridal imagery where I, any balanced average human being should just tune out and just be like, oh, it's Bridezilla time. The only thing that keeps my attention there is that. Again, vast amounts of blood. Yeah, and really beautiful bridal imagery. It's something that I, can't I dug it. Stand. The, the 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 raining blood down onto her while she was walking. Yeah, and the train trailing through huge puddles of the stuff. Yeah, nice choice. Nice choice. Yeah, it's really really beautiful. So I can see up until that point even. And then if you blink, not really. If you blink, you miss it. But if you're overwhelmed at that point, then the next thing you see is. Even more gore and screaming. A lot of screaming and the end scene, which I don't want to give away. But... Okay. Because it's huge. It is really huge. And it is that could be another thing that is serves as another sensory overload. And if you're going to take anything away, aside from choking on a fetus, mm-hmm. you're going to take away that last few moments. Mm-hmm. Would totally override part of the storyline. That's actually kind of subtle. And the sweet part. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah. Their relationship is actually the most sweet. They spend time hanging out. They get to know one another. They identify, you know, markings on their bodies. They spend time just with pillow talk. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that with him with the other girls. No, it really is just him feeding their quirks and telling them they're beautiful and they're perfect. Um... And that's kind of the extent of it. But the real, any moments of true intimacy are between the two men. Yeah. Which is sad and tragic. So it still doesn't make me take back my my stance that the 
main character ghost person um post-op female is crazy but it does uh, add a whole level of sweetness to their relationship i think but i think that the layers that that adds to it makes it too gray i don't think that you can like like i don't think that you could say someone was truly crazy i think i i, I think it's too it's too complicated it's too big oh like, yeah he definitely let her into it too oh for sure oh yeah i'm even not if, saying even if he seemed reluctant she was alone in that yeah but yeah good movie <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed it, even though you enjoyed it before you enjoyed it. I did, yeah. It's always great to and look, I. It's always great to revisit things because I didn't even realize that I didn't really pay attention to it the first time because I fucking missed those points. Um, you know, makes me wonder what else I didn't realize when I was watching movies. I'm not the smartest guy in the world either. Oh so. my god, no, you are. That's the thing. You just didn't <laughs> get that one thing in this film i don't know you've never seen me struggle trying to like open up a bag of fucking chips i'm like me can't open what's mad you should have seen me trying to deal with all the things that i touched that turned to shit the last couple days (laughs) yeah if i didn't remember macintosh keyboard commands for quark express from 1994 I might not even be here right now. Oh my god. Rocking the DOS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you rock DOS. DOS rocks you. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you haven't seen Sick Nurses, currently, my head's right there. Oh my god, yeah. I highly, highly recommend it. It's a perfect date movie. And much better than most of my previous picks for date movies have ever been. I don't know if that's true. Oh but yeah, it's completely true. <laughs> Have you ever seen Feed? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that... So, in the grand scheme of things, Feed, not the best date movie. Sick Nurses, comparatively, a good date movie. Yeah, it really is. And on that note, I'm Wes Nipe. And I'm Typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air. <laughs>